Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O God, for you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning, everyone. It is um, it's wonderful to be in worship today with you at St. Paul's. The last time I was here, we were celebrating the new ministry of Mother Maria Kane, and I have so, so loved uh, coming to know her and appreciate her many gifts in ministry and to enjoy her friendship and collegiality as one of the priests of the diocese. I am uh, very fond of St. Paul's. I am here often, actually, because of your tremendous hospitality to the congregations of this part of the diocese. We are often gathering here for meetings of various types, and so I want to thank you for the many ways, the many ways that this congregation offers itself in friendship and hospitality to others. And should you be among those who have come to St. Paul's of late in, the, in, in recent months or years, I, I simply want to say that you are blessed indeed to be joining a community of such, of, of, of such intention and such love and such hopeful possibility. It's really, really wonderful to be with you today, and I look forward to spending the rest of the day here with your compatriots throughout the morning. Um, inspired by the texts that we've just heard read, I'd like to talk today about two, um, possibly three ways that we are, um, are called to give. Um, the first, giving from our abundance. The second, giving from our poverty. And the third, which might be a combination of both, which is uh, those times in life when we're called to give everything we have. Now, I do so with, without judgment or without a sense that um, one is necessarily better than the other in the eyes of God. I, um, I don't think, even though Jesus' words this morning suggest, as he's comparing the scribes to the widow, that giving from poverty is morally superior than giving from abundance, I'm not... I'm not convinced that that's what he meant. Clearly, and if you um, take the scripture passage in its broader context, it's even more clear that he's very upset with religious leaders of his day who, in his words, devoured widows' houses and for the sake of appearances said long prayers. And he hated a temple tax system that would require a poor widow to give all that she had to live on. But in those words of condemnation, he was speaking about hypocrisy and corruption and greed, not giving. What he said about giving, which I don't think any of us would dispute, is that proportionately speaking, what the impoverished widow gave was a greater gift than the comparatively larger sum given by those who are materially rich. It doesn't mean that giving from our abundance is bad. It just means that it's not as large a gift, spiritually speaking, as when we give in poverty. And I, I think that's a pretty logical um, assertion. But let's start with giving from abundance and what that feels like. Because I think it's one of the most satisfying experiences of life. 
When someone needs something that we can give, and we can do so easily and joyfully without undue hardship on our part, it feels great. Sometimes the gift is money. Another person is in need or an organization that we care about is seeking support or as is true in most congregations at this time of year, the church is asking for all of us to think about our intentions for the year ahead. When we're in a good place financially and we can give with ease and generosity, it's a wonderful feeling, especially if we've been in places before in our lives when we haven't been able to give very much. Um, it can also be an embarrassing experience when others make too much of our gift because we know inside that it didn't cost us very much. And others who have less to give sometimes treat those who are able to give the greater gift with, with an undue um, reverence and because our gift is larger and we know inside that it's not true. It's just that it happens right now that we're in a position to give more, and so we do. It just makes sense for us to do so because we can. Now, sometimes what we have to give is hospitality. We happen to be in a place in our lives right now when we're in a position to offer friends and young people, young adults, a place to live temporarily in Washington, D.C. Now, we have never been able to do this before in our lives. Um, we raised two growing boys in a very small house in Minneapolis where we all shared a bathroom. So we were all in pretty tight quarters. And, and it wasn't that people didn't come through from time to time, but we weren't exactly in a, in a position to let people stay with us. Um, and, and in my younger life, I've lived in apartments that were not much bigger than a walk-in closet. Right? So, but now, I'm the bishop, and I live in a house with our sons grown up. I live in a house with two spare bedrooms that are almost always full um, with people passing through or needing a place to land um, while they're finding their own place in a city that's pretty expensive. And you can imagine how grateful people are. But the truth is, the honest truth, is that it's not a hardship for us. We're delighted to do it. And, um, and we're really glad to have them around, provided they help walk the dog. <laughs> now, sometimes what we have to share from our abundance is a talent that we have or a particular skill. You can do something that I don't know how to do. And I ask you for help in that area. And you offer your help or your skill, and you do it gladly because it's easy for you, and it gives you joy to help someone like me. And because I can't do what you can do, I am in awe of you and so grateful. And you say something like, oh, it's nothing really. I'm happy to do it. But, but it isn't nothing. To me, it's huge because what you can do without cost is something that I would struggle with tremendously. And in the exchange, you're glad, and I'm overwhelmed. So 
giving from abundance. There are, there are a few disciplines, spiritual disciplines, that can guide us in this giving. And the first, frankly, is humility, an honest recognition that we're giving from what we have to spare, and that that abundance has been entrusted to us by God for use for other people. And the second, the second discipline, I would say, is, is actually discipline itself, the commitment to live a life of generosity, dictated by a principle to do so, rather than how generous we might feel on a given day. Because if we don't commit to do that, if we don't commit to a life of generosity, we can lose sight, particularly in the culture we live in, we can lose sight of what our abundance is for. We all know how hard it is to live in our culture and remember that we were created by God to give more than we accumulate. Because the culture tells us the exact opposite, that we are, we are worth what we have. We know that's not true, but everything around us surrounds us with messages that tell us that. So we need to be intentional in a generous life. And, and, and if we're honest, pride slips in a bit too. We can enjoy the fact that we have power to make a difference in people's lives. And we're tempted in our weaker moments to remind them of that, right? And most dangerous of all, we can, we can be seduced ourselves by the relative size of our gift rather than its proportional cost to us and, and enjoy the special treatment that it affords. And that's why humble, disciplined giving is what God asks of us in our places of abundance. <clears throat> giving from our poverty is another experience entirely. And it's counterintuitive even to say, how can we give from the places that we're poor? But we do it all the time. We do it all the time. You're exhausted after a long day. And when you get home, all you want to do is lay down and pull the covers over your head. But in just that moment, the phone rings, the baby cries, or someone in your immediate circle needs you. And you respond. And you don't even think about it. Even in your emptiness, you respond. Um, I often live these days um, just about at the edge of my capacity. It's not the most comfortable place to live, but I'm there a lot. And, I, and, and, and right, uh, typically, and it's usually because it's like right at the end of, of a long season, right as summer is about to begin, and I'm just kind of making my way to summer vacation, right? I can feel myself getting really, really tired. And it's usually right around that time of year that I do something stupid. Like I, um, I, I break my arm because I fall off my bike because I'm not paying attention. I've done that. I, I lose my driver's license. Or, I, or I, 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 just, I, I just miss something obvious because I'm not, I'm not thinking clearly. And um, it happened to me last year, and I remember thinking right about that time, oh, right, this is about the time when I do something stupid, right? Because I'm right, I'm, at the, I'm in my poverty zone when it comes to energy. And the first thought I had when I said that was to myself was, I don't want to do something stupid this year. And I heard God say to me, 
Ask for help. Ask for help. And so every moment I had in my life, I, went, I, I had to go through that period. I didn't have any choice but to continue working hard. But at every turn, I just remembered that ask for help, ask for help. And out of my poverty, I could continue to give because God was giving me help. And it came from all kinds of places. That's what I mean by giving from emptiness, giving from poverty. We give knowing that we're at the limit of our gifts. But God meets us there in our emptiness and helps us continue. I don't think we're supposed to live there all the time, by the way, that we actually aren't supposed to be giving from that place all the time. But when life asks it of us, and it often does, God promises to meet us there. So let's just go back to the example of hospitality for a minute. I am in awe, perhaps you are too, of the thousands of families across Europe who are opening their homes to refugees fleeing the wars in Syria and Afghanistan. And many of them live in poverty themselves. And it can't be easy for them to be taking in strangers right now, but they're doing it. And they're compelling their governments to act with greater compassion when self-interest would be saying for all of them, close your borders. We need to take care of our own. That's what giving from poverty can feel like. It's a um, well-established fact that people who are poor or poorer give proportionately far more than people who are middle and upper class. Um, it's just statistically, it's always the case. And, um, and I, I know that from my own experience as well. I, I've lived a lot of my life in poverty. And, and as a pastor, um, even when you're, when you're poor as a pastor, you often spend time with people who have significantly more income than you do. And it was always fascinating to me to listen to the struggles that people with significantly more wealth than I did, than I had, to, in, terms of, uh, in terms of giving. And it may, and I, but I was raised by, a, by family and, and, and people who had very, very little money, but were always giving to the people around them. And that's how I was raised. And I, I think it might be because when we're poor, there's less that we're hanging on to. Or maybe it's because when we're poor financially, just like when I was explaining in terms of poverty of time, when we're poor, we know what it's like to depend on the kindness of other people. It's never easy to give when we're poor, but we do it anyway. And like the widow in the temple, we, we give what we can. And in so doing, we're, we're contributing and we're benefiting from this economy of grace in which by giving, we receive. Now, the spiritual discipline that guides giving from poverty is faith because it takes faith to believe that when we're at the end of our rope or when we're worried about how we're going to make ends meet or when we just don't know where the next ounce of energy is going to come from, that God will meet us there, meet us in our emptiness and help us provide what is needed. I think that's what St. Paul meant when he said that 
God gave him the grace and said that his grace would be sufficient for him, that God's grace would be, God's strength would be revealed through Paul's weakness. The spiritual foundation of my life is the story of the loaves and the fishes because it's the clearest description from scripture that I can point to that describes what happens when we give from what we have knowing that it's not enough, but as we give it in faith, God is able to take our offering and make a miracle of abundance. And it takes faith to believe that our gifts matter when they seem so small. But the important thing to remember in giving from poverty is that we don't have to figure out how it's all going to work out in the end. All that God is asking us is to show up in that moment and trust that God will meet us in the gap and carry us over to the other side. And so there's just one more thing I'd like to say about this today. And that's in honor of those who later in the day here, 14 people, yes, 16 people are going to be confirmed or received or reaffirmed their faith today. Um, and so uh, uh, inspired by them and by, inspired by this church, and inspired by the extraordinary women that are our heroes today in the scripture stories today, I'd like to talk about what it's like to give all we have. To give all we have. And so I think about that woman in the temple, and she wasn't just giving her coins. She was giving her whole life. And a friend of mine used to say about this passage that the message is, like that sweet old lady puts your coins in the, in the temple. Rather, the message is, put your whole self into the places where your love and your faith take you. For God's sake, every once in a while in your life, do something brave. Because the Christian life, in faithfulness to the one who gave everything for us, is a life of giving. Sometimes from abundance, sometimes from poverty, and other times, the best part of all, this faith asks us to put everything we have on the line for what we believe, for what we love, to do something brave. So, where are you being asked to give today? Out of abundance, bless you for that. Out of poverty, remember that God is with you. To do something brave, in those moments, God's calling upon you and giving thanks for you in your part of helping to heal the world. Amen.